your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. And as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he had ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. O God, creator and giver of life, God of mercy and power, I, a faithful Pharisee, Pray unto thee for continued help in guiding these thy people. Give me power and might and mind to interpret scripture that in me may be reflected thy glory. May I have the wisdom to end the heresy and hypocrisy that exists everywhere. May I put an end to the man and his disciples who go forth teaching heresy. With thy approval, O God, I shall then bow down before thee in triumph and glory. Amen. Rather uh, an egotistical prayer, wouldn't you say? No more so than any of the Pharisees. Typical, I think. And he prayed for what we seek, the end of Jesus and his ambitions. When ye pray... Pray not as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. So, O God, hear my prayer, for I pray earnestly. Hear me, for I pray sincerely. Hear me, for I am thy child. Hear me, O God, for I am worthy of thy blessing. Many things I do for thee, so hear me, O God. Hear me and answer, for I knowest thou dost hear and will answer because of my great works of mercy and piety, because of me, O God, because I have done mighty things in thy name. The people greatly love and reverence thee, so hear me, give unto me great wealth that I may better serve the poor. Give me wisdom, that I may better serve thy congregation. Give unto me, thy messenger, all the blessings of heaven, so that I may... Therefore, after this manner, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. 
And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. That's what's the matter with me. Your best friend, Tanya? Have a little tiff, did we? Little? Just the fight of the century. Do you know what she did? I have a feeling you're going to tell me. She wore my favorite sweater the other day and got a big stain on it. You let her wear your clothes? And then she said the stain was already there and it was my fault. Does what you're wearing right now belong to someone else? I am never going to speak to her again. Well, that might be hard because she's coming to your birthday party on Sunday. Then I'm going to uninvite her. Let me use your cell phone. Wait a minute. Weren't you listening in church last week? Pastor Quanto said that if we hold a grudge, if we stay angry at someone, it can make us sick. Well, he's right. Tanya makes me sick. I think you're missing the point here. You're going to make yourself sick by being angry and not forgiving little sweater girl. The preacher said that we can get stomach aches, headaches, even lose sleep when we're angry. That's not healthy. Well, what would you do if someone borrowed your sweater and got a big stain on it? I don't lend my clothes to people. That's creepy. 
Okay, what if it's your baseball glove? What if someone broke and then blamed it on you? I guess if someone broke my glove, I'd be pretty mad. But I don't want to be sick, so I'm thinking I'd have to decide which is more important. My glove or my health? Sam, you're pretty smart for a dumb kid. Can I borrow your red jacket? No. Just for the party? No way. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14.6 and Romans 10, 9, and 11 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4, 6. My Heart's Desire by Elizabeth A. Freeman I had been taking English writing lessons for about a year, and I couldn't wait to go riding each week. Oh, how I loved horses! I drew horses, I thought horses, and I dreamed horses, and having my own horse would be the ultimate dream come true. My parents told me that if I saved enough money, I could get my own horse. So I worked hard doing chores, babysitting, and cleaning the church to earn money. I saved every penny, and I often counted my funds. But it never added up to the costly price of what a horse, even a cheap horse, would cost. Lisa, my youth director, knew how badly I wanted a horse. In fact, she began praying for me every day. I appreciated her prayers. Rachel, God's not going to give you just any old horse, she often told me. He's going to give you your heart's desire. I loved it when she said, my heart's desire. It sounded so beautiful, but when I stepped back into reality, I was down in the dumps. I knew that I didn't have nearly enough money saved. Things were looking pretty grim. One day, my parents surprised me by saying that they would buy me a horse if they could find a good deal. I was all for it. Excitedly, I read ad after ad and phoned this one and that, but the horses were either already taken or the owners wanted more money than we could afford. My parents tried to cheer me up by planning a trip to a horse farm with some of my friends. Within a week, we were on our way. It was a bright spring morning, not a cloud in the sky. The girls were all excited and giggly, but my mind was a million miles away. I had read an article in the newspaper about the horse farm we were going to. They housed orphaned horses. My thoughts raced during the two-hour drive. Could this finally be the day, I wondered as we pulled into the long circular drive. But my hopes were soon dashed when I found out that all the horses were sick, near death, or couldn't be ridden. 
With long faces and heavy hearts, we piled back into the van. The ride back home was quiet until my dad spotted a sign along the road. Hey, Rach, do you want to check out the horse auction? Looking up, I read the sign and said, Yeah, I guess. As my dad pulled into the long, winding driveway, I spotted her, a three-year-old pregnant Belgian mare grazing in the pasture. My stomach did flip-flops as I neared the fence line. Tearing a few strands of grass, I held my hand up. She whinnied and gently nibbled the tall green stalks from my fingertips. I patted her nose and glanced back at my dad with a big smile. But again, I was crushed when I learned that the horse was too expensive and at great risk for having physical complications. I left in tears, subjecting the other girls to a silent ride home. It was the longest drive ever. I was so hurt I couldn't even pull my head out of my hands. With each stop, one more girl got out. I barely managed to say goodbye. Then we dropped off Melissa, Lisa's daughter. Lisa ran out to the van all excited. I couldn't seem to stop the tears. What's wrong, Rachel? Lisa asked. Batting back the tears, I explained, I wanted this beautiful Belgian mare, but we couldn't get her. Oh, Rach, I'm so sorry, but you know, God's not going to give you just any old horse. You might have to wait a while, but I'll bet God has just the right horse picked out for you. I'll keep praying. I gave her a half smile and hopped back into the van. On the drive home, I felt so down. Lisa was always so positive, so sure God was going to give me something. Why couldn't I see it? As the days went by, I spent most of my time questioning God and trying to get my parents to change their mind. Nothing seemed to happen. I began to wonder if God even heard my prayers. For financial reasons, I had to change riding stables. On the day of my first lesson, my new instructor, Mandy, led me to the corral. There, standing before me, was Andy, a Tennessee walker. He looked up as we neared the gate. Up until then, I had never seen such a beautiful horse. He was reddish in color with a white mask stretching from between his big brown eyes to the center of his nose. When I reached my hand toward him, he snorted and gently buried his nose into my palm. I positioned the saddle on Andy's back and fed the bridle bit into his mouth. He rode better than any other horse I had been on. He seemed to know what I wanted even before I asked. Together, we were like lightning and thunder. As we cantered into the meadow, it felt as though we were one. Our bodies were in perfect sync. When the lesson was over, Andy stood perfectly still while I dismounted. My mom arrived as I was taking him to the stable. She and Mandy talked while I took care of the riding gear. When I came back out, I overheard part of the conversation. Yes, he's up for sale, Mandy was saying. Well, we'll think about it, my mom answered as she walked toward the van. I ran to catch up with my mom and asked, who's up for sale? The horse you just rode? You're kidding. No, she said with a smile, and I think we can afford him. Excitedly, we hurried home to ask my dad. He didn't want to get my hopes up, but it was too late. I sat in my room anxiously waiting for their decision. Hearing footsteps, I swung my door open. My parents were both smiling, and Mom said, You can get Andy. With tears of joy streaming down my cheeks, I hugged them both. Later, as I lay in bed, I stared out at the sky. God, thank you, I prayed. You really do answer prayer. You're not giving me just any horse. You're giving me Andy, 
my heart's desire. Andy came home the next evening. I led him to the corral out back and stayed with him until Mom and Dad forced me to come back into the house. That night, I lay in bed too excited to fall asleep. The next thing I knew, my mom was shaking me. Rachel, wake up! I pulled the covers over my head to block the light. Oh, Mom, it's Sunday. Can't I sleep in? Andy's missing. I immediately threw the covers back and sat straight up. Mom, you can't be serious. We just got him. But she shook her head and said, He's gone, Rach. I jumped up and fumbled through my drawers. Finding a pair of jeans, an old t-shirt, and cowboy boots, I pulled them on and ran downstairs. The back door was open, and it was clear to see by the broken gate that my worst nightmare had come true. Andy had escaped. Frantically, I looked in every direction, but there was no sign of him. Fighting back the tears, I shouted, Andy! as I darted up the drive toward the road. Wiping my eyes on my sleeve, I glanced one way and then the other, but still no Andy. It can't be true. He just can't be gone. I've prayed and waited so long, and I've saved my allowance for almost a whole year. As I scouted along the deserted paved road, I pleaded desperately, God, please bring Andy home. I searched every neighbor's yard and called Andy again and again. I must have walked a mile, but still no Andy. Then the road forked in three different directions. Unsure of where he could be, regretfully I turned and started for home. Kicking the stones along the narrow shoulder, I prayed, Oh God, don't let him be hurt or hit by a car. As I neared our drive, my mom came rushing up to me. They found Andy, she exclaimed. As we climbed into the van, she told me that she had phoned the police. They had just received a call about a horse in a farmer's front yard. Although Andy was shaken, he wasn't harmed in any way. I was so thankful that God had answered my prayer again. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.